day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. Welcome to episode 12 of Shop Talk. Today we're covering season three, episode five called Lockdown, which highlights the real world issue of racism as it exists in the police force and a pivotal moment in Jackson's storyline with Doug Sin. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Jennifer and I'm joined by Carrie. Hi guys. This episode was intense to say the least. I mean, Titus's acting chops like shined through this episode and wow 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 we need more of it like this episode was one of their best in my opinion at least I mean did you think that it was one of their best or yeah I mean it was like their most like impactful Mm -hmm. I mean because like I like a bunch of different episodes for various reasons yeah Um, but yeah this was their most impactful I think I felt like it tackled to the real world issues probably more so than like any of their other episodes have I mean not saying that their other episodes don't I felt like with the Lucy one you know it could have ended it could have ended up I mean it was gonna end up way worse but you know that kind of tackled a real world issue too but I don't know I felt like this one it was just so maybe it's because we have been seeing it with like other shows too where they had tackled racism in just different ways I don't know. It just felt like this storyline was one of the best. Yeah. Um, but on top of the whole like Jackson and Doug storyline kind of coming to an end, we saw Nolan fight for his life yet again and almost die. But he didn't. He, you know, comes close to it and then is fine. And then Chunford, you know, all of their sassiness. So that was great. And then at the end of the episode, we had a great J- Gray and Jackson moment actually in the beginning and end of the episode and i we just need more of it yeah for sure but we were hashtag blessed with this episode so we don't have much news um this is it's like just one little article um from screen rant rachel totally gonna butcher her last name but for shite um, she is in the rookie fandom and live tweets often, but she also did an article for Screen Rant on the 10 funniest moments in the rookie, like throughout the entire show. Um, and while all of them are good, like we we couldn't help but point out like just a few of our favorites. So she of course of course mentioned uh Jackson's allergic reaction when he thought he was high. Like, how can yeah. you not laugh at that? <laughs> It's too funny. And then the next one was Harper and Nolan uh, when they crashed a gender reveal party is how Rachel phrased phrased it. And when I saw that picture, all I could think of was Nyla's response of it's twins, sir. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I am gray in that scene. Like, yeah, he laughs, I laugh. So, well, and I love how like when they when they did the scene, like it was the camera was just focused on Nolan. But then it like turns back to gray and then pans over to Nyla. Oh, it was just too good. We need more of those three together. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, and then of course, I believe it was like number one on the list was Lucy's fake confession to Tim. I mean, that was the moment that we all laughed, but also like all of us were screaming, like in anger because we wanted it to be real. Um, but we'll go ahead and share the article on Twitter just in case, like, you know, you haven't seen it or something. But I think other than that, we should kind of hop into the episode. There was a lot to discuss. Like, I knew that this was a big Jackson and Doug episode, but rewatching it and taking notes, I was like, oh my God, there is a lot to cover. Yeah, there is for sure. So um, we're just kind of going to jump off with that. Um, so this is obviously season three and where we are is like everything kind of culminates and leads up to this over the last four episodes so because this is episode five like it basically started like right off the bat um with episode three or episode two where Doug came in and he's just been making Jackson's life like a living hell on patrol as Jackson's like coming to a close on his rookie time like he just wants to you know have like a quiet you know non 
troublesome like end of his rookie period um and you know he's tried to fight back numerous times but you know Doug always just seems to be ahead of the game so now Sergeant Gray is involved you know Jackson just wants to take Stanton down and that's where we kind of open this episode with so uh Jackson and Lucy are sitting in their apartment just watching tv trying to decide like you know what to watch um and Sergeant Gray comes to the door that's not awkward at all and I don't know I just loved when Gray was like Officer Chen like he's so formal I loved it I was like I need more of it I need to see more of Gray like you know interacting with the rookies somehow off duty because we um over the weekend we had the rookie rewatch and one of the episodes is like the valentine's day one so you know we saw like when nolan west and chen like all craft gray's date so yeah um but anyway gray tells jackson that stan issued a blue page for disobeying an order and leaving evidence unattended and jackson backs up um you know why he left the evidence and gray you know just reiterates that it doesn't matter jackson still is a rookie and disobeyed an order um and you know stan still has the power to keep issuing west blue pages until he's bounced from the program so just as jackson like looks down gray says he's gonna pull the plug and west is getting the new to and Jackson just says, you know, he doesn't have to do that. Like, you know, I mean, he doesn't want to let cops like Doug get away. And as Grace starts to stand up for him, he says, you know, Grace says, your career doesn't deserve to end. And, you know, not with Doug Stan, not for, not by Doug Stan. So Jackson says, you know, if he he doesn't want a career if it means letting cops like Doug get away with this stuff. But, you know, um, Jackson just, you know, begs to Gray, like, he wants to try one more thing with Stan and, you know, like, kind of beg for forgiveness. Hopefully Stan will believe it. And then, you know, just kind of, like, try and get on his good side. Um, But, you know, like, Jackson, as Jackson's begging Gray for this, Gray reiterates that if Jackson is fired as a rookie no law enforcement agency will touch him like he'll never be able to become a police officer and never have a career with the force so when gray asks him about this jackson just says without hesitation the music titus's face i mean just like knowing what's going to happen obviously this was the second rewatch or you know like multiple rewatch so you know we know what's going to happen but like the first watch with this i just remember being like oh my god what is going to happen because that music was like bone chilling yeah yeah it was um but then we cut to the district the next day and tim and lucy are in the i call it the roll-up um but i think it's just like the shop bay and you know tim feels guilty over the blue page since he was kind of the catalyst of it um because he reached out to doug's old rookie and got dirt on him um and tim sees doug walking through the building and you know wants another cop to kind of handle their criminal that they're that they brought in and as lucy and tim walk up to doug tim bluntly says you know stanton can brush up on arrest control techniques with him as they start getting heated and it seems like a fight might break out like lucy does her best to break it up and doug of course has to say something like snarky and says oh that's sweet your hot little boots trying to rescue you lucy's face i mean damn okay i loved seeing lucy's reaction to this but i so wish we would have like seen tim's reaction to this well that's what i was just gonna say though is because the camera did cut Mm -hmm. over to tim for like a second and i think he was like processing yeah Doug was like trying to say yeah but like Doug don't fucking say that dude like no no that's not no no um but you know like as then Lucy pipes up and she says you're gonna need you're gonna be the one that needs rescuing and apparently she has a great hair pull takedown that she's been wanting to try so now it's Tim's turn to pull her away and as they walk away, Tim's like, what happened to the de-escalation to like, you know, not make it hell for Jackson? And Lucy just says, 
so like innocently i don't know what got into me like you know i just had this testosterone high or something so then you know tim tells her to keep in close contact with jackson today and if and if doug and jackson call for backup of any kind tim and lucy are there like you know nothing will stop them i mean a storyline later might stop them but you know um, but as Stanton walks out of the like shop bay, he sees Jackson loading up their shop and, you know, is just kind of shocked. He figured Jackson would have been nervous and just asked for a new TO, but Jackson reassures him that he's not backing down. He's just gonna, he's not going to give up from here on out. Jackson has dug six, no matter what. So that's where we kind of are with that. Um, yeah, it was just, that was a lot to like process within the first few minutes. But then we see Jackson and Doug are heading out on patrol after getting their coffee. And as Jackson's asking what the plan is for the day, he seems, you know, excited to get out there and stuff. Stanton stops him and says they need to talk off the record. And as Doug like takes his body cam off and drops it in the shop, he gestures to Jackson to take his off as well. But, you know, Jackson's like, it is off like it's shut off and J Doug was like you do realize you do know that the minute you turn it back on like it's gonna start recording those previous two minutes so that's just a little nugget to keep in mind I don't remember if we were ever told that before this episode I feel like we were because the body cams is kind of a big deal in the rookie um I don't remember being told it previous to this episode but i feel like it was mentioned something with like chenford but i could very well be wrong so um but i also don't understand how it goes back two minutes if it was like turned off and it has two minutes of footage like that well, i to feel me like just... because like they like i don't know if it's like because it's a law enforcement mm -hmm. um like tool if it technically does always have to be on yeah but that there's like for a like you know a, a veiled privacy or like a yeah i mean it's technically a false sense of security because if they if it really is never off then like no conversation is like safe yeah 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 like that fake like that fake confession between lucy and tim i mean that was on the body cams like you know who's to say that the higher ups would have thought that that was fake like you know she didn't start laughing or whatever um but it also begs the question like if they turn it off it doesn't like automatically come back on then they have to be responsible enough to turn it back on which yeah. we'll get into that later because shit goes down with that um but you know as doug wants to talk to say between them jackson you know ends up putting his body cam in the shop and you know i mean i like i'm still just confused i'm like wouldn't it still pick up their voices but i guess not if they're like behind the shop and the, the body cams are like in the front seat i don't know i'm getting too into my head about this um but you know doug shoots it straight and says he had no choice for the blue page jackson messed up and put him in danger and you know as jackson begs for a second chance doug agrees but still seems a little uneasy with it so jackson's face though as doug walked away i mean titus just killed it with the facial expressions like facial expressions body language everything it was so good um but then you know like we cut back over to chenford and i put them i like grouped to them with doug and jackson just because they were kind of with them quite a bit um but you know lucy tells him in a low tone that nothing's happened so far with jackson and Doug but she doesn't trust him so Tim tells her to let Jackson know to keep his head down since they can't be there for them today because at this point the whole like district has went into lockdown and Tim and Lucy didn't get a chance to like go out into the field yet so we cut over to see Doug and Jackson meet up with the SWAT team and they find out more about what's going on at the district and Doug introduces Jackson to the SWAT team and says Jackson is interested in SWAT. He sounded like really proud of that. I mean, which I guess, I mean, you know, I don't know, just excited. But I mean, did we know that Jackson was going to be involved in, or was interested in SWAT? 
Well, I think he's just saying, like, I think since it came from Doug, I think that he was just trying to, like, like make play a good card. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as, you know, the team goes in, Jackson asks if they should go and support SWAT. And Doug, he doesn't give in. He sees this as an opportunity to get away with big trouble out there um, and says, you know, they're the only patrol unit left outside the building and the surrounding area will know that they're vulnerable. So basically, Doug says, you know, it's free game here. Like, I can do whatever I want and, you know, I'm just going to get away with it. Uh, but, you know, Doug says that they have to get back out there and show the city that, you know, no one can mess with the LAPD. Again, Jackson's face is standing, gets in the car, says it all. Like, he is just praying that the day goes okay at this point. Um, but, you know, we see Jackson and Doug roll up on their first call, and they stop these three guys standing at the hood of a car opened. They're, like, on the side of a street outside of a house or apartment building. And according to Doug, they're sending a message to all the little homie, all of their little homies, his words, that, you know, even though they're wounded, they're not down. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you have to go that far. And calling them little homies, like, no. you. There were so many things wrong with Doug's, like, communication in this episode, obviously. Um, but, you know, when Jackson says, you know, it doesn't look like they're doing anything wrong. Like, we, we don't need to worry about this. There's bigger fish, you know, to catch. Um, Stan says, you know, looks can be deceiving and they can't show any signs of weakness. So you got to hit the bully before they hit you. I mean, Doug just foreshadowed his future, basically. Like, you've got to hit the bully before they hit you. Kind of. That's what I took it as. Um, But, you know, as Doug walks up and starts talking to the guys, Jackson flips on his body cam because at this point, like, I'm assuming that they weren't on yet, like that they never turned them back on because up until that point, we had never seen body cam footage. So, you know, while the guys say they're not doing anything wrong, Doug states that they can't work on cars in the street. And he even uses like a condescending slang term with them and calls them is it essay yeah in spanish yeah yeah and the guy fires back and says you know he was just showing his body's engine and apparently this guy is a pre-law student and you know like starts kind of saying i know what is right and wrong and doug automatically just goes to are you threatening me like because he realizes that this guy you know knows the law like automatically doug is playing the victim here in a way like so many things are wrong with all of this i mean he did not need to go like balls to the wall with you know questioning this guy um but you know as doug automatically goes to that you know um he's showing his weakness i think with the are you threatening me i mean I don't know, like his face too. It's just like, oh, he's a little scared here. Um, but then he takes out his baton and threatens to use it on this pre-law student. And as Jackson calls out Doug's name, Doug reminds Jackson to have his sex and watch the other two guys while Doug deals with Mr. Lawyer, as he calls him. I mean, at this point, like I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, what is he gonna do? And Jackson is going to be a witness to this. Like, oh, so then um, Jackson goes to pull Doug away from the pre-law student, de-escalating the situation. And the pre-law student, I mean, looked scared shitless too. But, you know, he apologized. Jackson apologized for everything. And as he and Stan walk back to the shop, Stan spits out that Jackson is done. Like, that was a fireable offense and he's going straight to the city manager. And this is where Jackson speaks up and stands up for himself and, you know, just calls Doug out. So, you know, he, like, after Doug has just threatened him, calling him, a, like, Jackson calls him a dumbass. Yes, Jackson, go. I mean, you're done, boo. What you just did is a fireable offense. I'm going straight to the city manager. I don't care if your daddy works for IA, he's not going to be able to save you now. You know what, dumbass? My daddy? 
It doesn't work for IA. He runs it. So if you're coming for my job, he'll come for yours. You know, I, I am done tiptoeing around your racist ass. You're a dead man walking. But to say, to which I say, like, yes, Jackson, you go, dude. I mean, I, I think at this point, like, the whole fandom was just cheering on Jackson because it was so satisfying to watch. So as, ja as Doug tries to say, you know, like, they pull up on another call or something and Doug tries to say, you know, they both said things that they didn't mean and, you know, like, let's just kind of brush it under the rug. But Jackson stands his ground and, you know, Doug just starts going on about how he has family and Jackson cuts him off again and says, like, everyone you've come across and has have done things to has a family too, but that didn't stop you. So, you know, we see Doug and Jackson driving and, you know, they're trying to, like, they find, the find out the hostage station at the district is taken care of and it's getting resolved. So, you know, like, as they're driving, Doug kind of um, tells Jackson about something that he did when he was a rookie. And every time that they had something good happen, they would do mic clicks on the radio. And so Jackson does three mic clicks, and then he, like, hears more come over the radio and return. And just a soft little, like, smile came across his face. Um, but, I mean, that was nice to see. But then you know like everything else that happens after that was not so good so then you know we cut back over to Chenford and you know Lucy talks to Tim and says she got a text from Jackson saying things came to a head with Doug and Jackson but Jackson pulled the dad card and got him to back off and while Lucy thinks that's good and a benefit to Jackson Tim is like nope it's not going to work. It's not going to last because guys like Doug don't like to be backed into a corner and that they have to get out there. Like they have to go and help Jackson. So we cut back to um, Weston Sam. They see a SUV blasting music and turning down a different road than the cops. And Doug brings it up, you know, acting like he wants to pull them over, but he doesn't want Jackson and the PC police to accuse him is his words. But Jackson backs him up and says, you know, they were suspicious with the missing plate. Like that vehicle is probably stolen. So that's all that Jackson has to say. And Doug is you turning it and going after the SUV. Like when Doug was like, we don't need to worry about it. Like I could tell that he was really jonesing to go for these guys. But he, like he had said, he didn't want everyone accusing him. Um. But as Doug calls it over dispatch to Lucy and Tim Harrett and Tim questions why they aren't calling for backup because they're going to an apartment complex and like an area that you don't go in without like hats and bats is what Tim said. Um, but, you know, I mean, hearing that, like, I mean, I don't know. Again, I watch a lot of cop shows. So like I automatically know that that's not going to end well. Um, but yeah, so... As Doug and Jackson park and get out, they have their guns drawn, they come up on the SUV and, you know, residents start saying 5-0, letting others know that cops are there. And as Jackson says, like, they should call for more units, Doug tells them no. If they go in there too strong, the whole property, like, especially the residents, will just turn on them. And Doug says, you know, like, you go this way, I'm going to go that way. So they split up. And, you know, if Jackson sees anything, he's supposed to call Doug. Again, just a little nugget to keep in mind. But uh, Jackson goes alongside a building and is met with three guys who start walking towards him. And as he calls over the radio for backup, which is Doug, Doug comes back and says, you know, he's right behind them. But, you know, as Jackson keeps telling these guys to stop where they are, like they keep inching closer, suddenly a guy from behind comes and um takes jackson like attacks him and just as jackson gets him off of his back and onto the ground the other guys start to gang up on him taking him down beating him up kicking him like all of that one is even holding his radio like up in his hand um and you know like from afar we see doug come up and you know like he obviously sees these guys beating kicking stomping on jackson 
but as Doug gets closer like he sees it better like in better view and then like hides and steps back so he's not gonna go and save Jackson what a dick move I mean like come on this dude is a rookie like he's new on the job you know I mean oh my gosh it was just oh I remember just I remember the fandom like on Twitter was screaming during this because yeah I mean come on you're supposed to be his partner and back him up so well I think part of it is because Jackson's also a a black um cop because if it were okay maybe not Nolan but like someone younger you know that's a white male um Doug would have obviously been inclined to go in immediately so it well that and like I think because of all the stuff that had happened previously with him you know Doug was like I'm not gonna go and save him like no but yeah it's just that and Doug's just a horrible human being he is um Ralph the actor though is is lovely just yeah that out he's yeah but like Doug Sam is not no um it was good to have this character though on the show like especially yeah. with everything that had happened over the last summer like it was good to have the rookie I mean if they didn't cover it if they didn't cover it in some capacity it would just seem tone deaf but yeah. it was good and they got way they covered the storyline way more than they did in like other cop shows i'm looking at yeah. you chicago pd like yeah so i don't I think it, they i think they did a phenomenal job like they, yeah other procedurals should look to the rookie for yeah. how to cover the yeah important issues well and just like you know i mean they they had like there wasn't even that many funny moments like comical moments it was more serious stuff yeah but when it was like realistic though that's the thing is like yeah it wasn't too preachy it wasn't too you know it wasn't like a public service announcement it was just this like authentic portrayal of Mm -hmm. what it's like to have to well from Jackson's perspective obviously be a black male in the police profession dealing with a racist white cop who unfortunately has to be like is an an authority um, Mm -hmm. or above him I guess is what I'm trying to say so it's like a power struggle yeah um but you know back to the scene like as Lucy and Tim are on their way Lucy hardly waits for Tim to put the shop in park like she's out of it she's you know she's the first one that like runs up to Jackson and everything and as they're walking up or like running up I guess um to the apartment complex like they're calling seven Adam 20 and there's no answer so she calls for them again Doug starts to panic and magically meets up with chenford he says he got lost and they got separated okay dude i mean i just love though like okay i guess love is not the right word but like obviously because it's still a serious scene but like tim did not even acknowledge like neither did lucy but lucy was like concerned but like tim just like moved completely around doug like yeah not even a thing yep so um but you know as they turn the corner they see a body just lying on the ground and lucy runs up first because at that point we didn't know like it had just cut from jackson and like doug seeing the whole like situation go down it had just cut so we don't know you know like if jackson was shot like we didn't know anything so you know they turn the corner they see the body lying on the ground lucy runs up first and the music that plays is similar to the music when they found lucy i thought yeah it was similar yeah well, because we had just covered the um, captain's episode mm-hmm. last week, and like when it first started playing, that's what I thought yeah. of, and then I thought of Lucy's situation. So I think it is just the like the music that they use. Yeah, the rookie just has a good music playlist that they choose from. Um, yeah. but Lucy's face, oh my god, the feels like I felt her pain in this moment. 
like yeah. not only like because of jackson but like i mean i don't know it was just it was amazing um but you know she rolls him over and his face just i mean like it's swollen it's bloody it's just it's hard to look at but like it needs to be you know i mean like you need to you can't look away from it so she notices that he's still breathing and tim calls over the radio for assistance and this point i almost kind of forgot that doug was there because i was like you know who cares like he's already been a dick and like didn't go and help jackson like i don't care if he's here but then he like comes back into the shot and you know he leans down and acts like he's checking up on jackson starts to talk to him ask him asks him what happened you know who did this i was like dude just let tim and lucy do their thing like you clearly don't really care but he wanted to make it look like he did so you know also a little random side note that i noticed was tim called over the radio and said that jackson was 24 and i'm still i'm still stuck on the fact that um in season two episode seven i believe was the football one um towards the end of the episode jackson is playing football with the kid that he and tim had yeah. helped and um as a retort for being called an old man quote unquote uh jackson was like no i'm 26 so yeah i don't know maybe maybe tim just meant like mid-20s or something yeah i don't know i'm curious I don't know. but that's just something that i noticed and then when we were like typing out our notes you were like um they said that he was 26 i was like Ooh. yeah because i like went back yeah. and watched that that scene in the other episode just to like yeah. double check and he said 26 so so weird I don't know. yeah but um another little side note because i have like a bunch of little mini tangents with this episode um as much as these scenes hurt like I love when the shows do them showing the reactions of people finding them and then like the person who's hurt so like it goes back and forth and then also you know like it it almost made it seem like the camera was Jackson or you know like mm-hmm. yeah the like Jackson was point, the point of view Jackson. yeah um but you know like the voices faded in and out the music sounded more dominant just all of it like Chicago PD has done this there's another pd reference um they did that in like season seven with one of the main characters and it's still one of my favorite scenes like it hurts to watch it but like it's so good and the camera and like just the special effects like all of it the acting makeup everything makes it feel so real and like you it's almost like you're that character that's hurt because of the way that the camera is like pointing up to you know the others who are like talking to you and all that yeah so i also uh. just realized that there's a parallel in the injuries that the characters from each show had both of their faces were like beaten like, up and their eyes swollen yeah but that's sad but anyway. yeah but i don't know because in pd he was shot I mean, I guess his face was still beaten up, but like, I don't know. When we saw him in the next episode, his face, I mean, it just had a few like scratches on it, I thought. Well, I mean, when we see him in the next, yeah, but like when he's yeah. going into the ambulance, his, yeah, he can't. It's like fully bloody see. and so. Yeah. I know. Anyway, we, we have a few friends that like do the Meet Us and Ollie's podcast, and like they can't watch that scene. They can't even watch the episode. And so I'll watch it and then just text everyone and be like, so I'm watching 709. <laughs> Everyone's just like, how do you watch that? I'm like, I don't know. I apparently love pain and I love to like see these actors kill it with their characters and in these scenes, but it hurts to watch it, no doubt. But like, they just do such a good job with it. So, but anyway jackson starts grunting and like stands like what are you trying to say like so he gets closer and jackson just flips on that body cam and i just i have another like probably out like just out of this world question i don't know but how did jackson know that it was off 
Like, I mean, I guess we can assume that it was, like, but shouldn't it always be on? Well, it should, but since Stanton... Like, is an idiot. I feel like, yeah, but I also feel like in some... I don't, I don't really know what kind of way, but, like, in some way, he felt like he could possibly get away with it. Stanton, so like yeah. He wouldn't have been caught, so... Well, and then, so, like, so then as Jackson like turns it back on we see the body cam footage and it like rewinds back to those two minutes right yeah and we see Doug kind of come across a window and he like yeah. looked at himself in it so I wonder if that was the turning point where like he turned it off like maybe he did have it on and then turned it off um but then you know we never see Jackson like well we do see him again but we don't see him for a little bit so then you know as the uh body cam footage just playing um we you know like see gray and tim watching it and they just they can't even watch any more of it like you know and doug's standing like he's talking to another officer kind of telling his side of the story and just as jackson's getting wheeled off he tells the paramedic to stop he wants to see this Tim and Gray approach Stanton and, um, you know, he, like, Gray places him on an administrative leave. He has his hand over his, he has to hand over his gun and badge. And as Tim gets closer, Doug tells him to back off. And Tim says, give me a reason. Like, in a serious, yeah, a little sassy tone. And Doug says, this isn't over. And Grace, you know, Gray just quits back and says, no, but you are this is everything that we needed like we had been waiting for this yeah it was just so good um and then you had pointed out like when tim had said like give me a give me a reason like it's another chicago pd parallel i know that we bring it up too much but like it's just so good and honestly like that's why we started watching the show because you know there were pd parallels so obviously you know we love the rookie but we also have other shows that we fangirl about but yes it is like i want to say that one there there's at least two characters that have said give me a reason in like more of an angry tone yeah i mean if looks could kill though tim was about ready to rip doug's head off so oh yeah oh yeah i mean i would have paid good money to see that (laughs) at least to see like tim light into him yeah but um not that this matters right now but like they get the guys that beat up jackson too i mean because they need to be in custody as well i would assume that they did but who knows oh gosh i'm assuming yeah i'm assuming they did um especially because it's like what battery of an officer or something so i would think or assault of an officer um, but at the end of the episode, you know, we see Jackson laying in the hospital bed and oh my God, he just, oh, it's so sad, but Gray walks in and we find out that Jackson's going to be okay. He cracked a rib, a couple of loose teeth, his CT was clean. So, you know, like no gunshots, nothing like that. Like he was just beat up really badly. So Gray reminds Jackson that he could have died, but Jackson says, it was worth it to get the needle moving in the right direction yes but also like remember you could have died <laughs> if tim and lucy had not been there i mean well and who knows what the, what spooked those guys off like if they just did what they wanted to and then like ran off or if someone had kind of came out and you know i don't know we we don't know that side of the story but like now i kind of want to know after re-watching this again so gray's face just looks full of guilt and he says you know you shouldn't have to risk your life to get a bad cop fired and gray's about to cry like his eyes were getting glassy and everything and jackson tells gray to not cry like because if he does and jackson will and he'll pop stitch and you know gray kind of chuckles and says no one's crying but he better not tell officer chen that he got all missy eyed misty-eyed because call back to the beginning of the episode when jackson was like you know i'm just gonna tell you know lucy everything but 
you know, we get such a great speech from Jack, from Gray to Jackson. And it's just another heartfelt moment. I mean, like we had that with Gray and Nolan a few episodes ago that we covered. And now with Gray and Jackson, like we need, we need a heartfelt moment with every character in Gray. Like we do. But there's something you can tell everyone. With honor and bravery you've shown is an example to all of us. And I'm so damn proud of you. Thank you so much, sir. I thank you, son, for reminding me what this job should be. I noticed, like, as Gray was saying all that, the lone tear that ran down Jackson's face, like, that had me getting choked up. Like, we're all just so proud of Jackson. I mean, honestly. Yeah. But, you know, Jackson, like, as Gray starts to leave, Jackson asks if he gets tomorrow off, and Gray just makes a funny comment back. And as Jackson starts chuckling, he's like, ow, ow, I can't do that. And I don't know why, but I just loved that moment. Because I felt like that was a small comedic relief that we kind of needed. Yeah. So. But that's kind of the whole like Jackson and Doug's storyline like with a little bit of Trenford wrapped in. And again, it was like such a good storyline. It was hard to watch, but it was good to see the rookie tackle it and like, you know, see that even the rookies can, you know, deal with racism and you know, I mean, everyone can. So it was just good to see. But yeah. Yeah. So now we move on to Nolan, our yeah. good friend Nolan. Even though he's the main character, he was kind of his plot was kind of more of a side, uh, a sideshow for quite a few season three episodes, actually. Um, but anyway, so we start off um John is studying for his exam and Nyla drops by. Uh, she is to be in court later. So that's why she's like looking different. Um, she's dressed in plain clothes. Um, Her blazer and great gray shirt. Yeah. Chef's kiss. I need more Nyla like that, please. Yeah. Well, I just like that John was like, oh, you look nice. Like, oh, I like their friendship. Yeah. Because <laughs> like season two, Nyla would have just like. She would have like, sassed back to him. And so John is like trying to study. He's like you know, if I don't do well, it's been nice knowing you. Um, so he's like really, really nervous. Um, and so Nyla tells him to like, in order to calm his nerves that he should shake it out. And he's like, looks at her like, are you serious? Um, and so he tries it and Nyla's like, no, you gotta like really do it. Um, so he's like, he gets up. I mean, like shake. I mean, like you guys have obviously watched the scene, so you know what we're talking about, but it's just, I mean, that's the best gift ever. Yeah, it's funny um and so as john is literally shaking his whole body um to rid himself of these nerves uh nyla's laughing as well as the rest of the people that are watching through the uh glass windows that they have there for me it was just the noises that he made i was like (laughs) i can't i can't help it but laugh like oh my gosh it's so funny i want to know how like I'm sure that they do their table reads and like I just want to know what their reaction was when they read that (laughs) yeah um and so John was obviously he caught on a a bit too late um that she had tricked him because you know her you know niceness and like smile uh begets her like devilishness I suppose and um but after he resumes sitting down and everything she like sincerely tells him that she has no doubt that he'll do well on the test um the next time we see nolan uh gray is administering his exam well the last question anyway for the sake of time i'm assuming um and nolan asks um like you know how he did Gray said that he passed the exam with 98%. Um, Gray is still like, because Nolan with his never ending optimism, it's lovely, but also um, he's still kind of betting that he's going to, you know, he can somehow make detective. Um, 
Gray kind of is looking at him like, you really need to like stop saying that. You need to abandon this goal. Um, John tells him, I've beaten the odds before, which is, I'm assuming a callback to the pilot because obviously like Gray, like nobody thought that John was actually going to make it through this yeah. program in the first place. Um, Gray still kind of, you know, responds back with the realistic uh, outlook, though, that John's got to make peace with not having Detective be uh, a role that he can have later on down the line. So um, I'll get to Chenford, their little um, parts throughout the episode in a minute, but that's what they're criminal they're dealing with is what causes um everyone to be out in the parking lot anyway and that's how nolan uh goes to ask a guy to move his van uh when he does that he is taken hostage um the guy gets his like duty weapon as well as his off-duty uh piece and when nolan steps into the van um He's like asking, he's like, is that a, and then he doesn't finish his sentence. Obviously the camera's cutting over and you see it's a, a explosive device. Um, but the guy was just like a big ass bomb. Yeah. Like he was just not, no sugarcoating he, it. Like he did not want to deal with Nolan. Like no. he was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um, so the guy gets Nolan to, um, radio sergeant gray on a private channel and has no one confirmed that yes there's a bomb um i was there too when john is like radioing and she's with gray and she kind of gives him a look like what is happening because gray was like essentially like why is your rookie talking to me right now over the radio like he was confused well and nolan was supposed to be on desk duty too so yeah you know yeah because now i was doing court so mm-hmm. yeah nolan was supposed to be working the desk um nolan the guy instructs nolan to hand like to um put the handcuffs on he's handcuffed to the van um the guy has a dead man switch nolan also confirms this to gray because gray is like ready to evacuate everyone to um you know try to cover all the exits again like try to flush this guy out of the uh district and that guy is obviously knowing all of his plays that he's trying to make so has no one confirmed there's a dead man switch so everyone would you know be in a world of hurt um mm-hmm. if anything else were to happen so now that he has gray's attention the guy's request is that donald felt should be released from prison um they eventually we'll look um him up and find out what exactly he's been in for um but for right now the station's being placed under lockdown so everyone has to go downstairs um we find out that the uh guy that's holding nolan hostage he has pancreatic cancer so he says that he has nothing left to lose um he was like i can't remember exactly how he phrased it but he was like you know, we're all going to die someday, like today's as yeah. good a day as any, um, which was kind of, I mean, obviously morbid, morbid, but like, well done, like the, right, the, you know, see like a different perspective on. Well, and it's like, just because you're like getting closer to dying doesn't mean that everyone else needs to like go with you, you know? Right. Yeah um so it kind of it's cutting back and forth obviously between like nolan we see a little bit of jackson and stanton and there's chenford's um stuff but for nolan the next time it cuts back over to him he finds a like a small hole that's in the wall of the van Mm -hmm. where there's light coming through and he he kind of just like picks at it for a little bit at first and i kind of forgot that he ends up using his badge like he places his badge there um to create a morse code for scar on the guy's left eye that's holding him hostage 
Um, so Gray and Nyla are looking that up and they find out that the guy's name is Graham Porter. Um, no one is so smart. Like I to know. think of that, I mean, I would have never. No. I would have made like some kind of gesture or something like yeah. to make it known that, you know, but I would have never figured out yeah. like the Morse code thing. Well, when I think he was talking to Gray at the end of the episode and he was like 12 years of Boy Scouts or something. We'll yeah. Do that. So that's, you know, he has that to thank for uh, that idea. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, thankfully, Nyla and Gray knew like how to read Morse code. I mean, I'm assuming it's a, a kind of common thing between like military law enforcement those right kind of, like agencies um yeah probably at the academy they have to take a course or something on it yeah um so they find out that they were in like graham and donald were in like cross paths in prison like they were in in at the same time um got out of different times um it cut like not everyone is convinced that it is about this Donald person um Mm -hmm. I know you'll get into Angela but she's the one that kind of helps them figure that out yeah um you know there's some other angle that they're trying to play SWAT called Nolan a trouble magnet because Jackson had asked who like you know what's going on like who is it um it's the you know the 40 year old rookie who's a trouble magnet like poor Nolan but I mean also true because yeah the guy's gotten he always gets into trouble or finds it somehow yeah yeah um cutting back to the van um Graham almost passes out his blood pressure dropped too low and Nolan's like he's reaching for the switch as much as he can um because his one hand is uh cuffed to the side of the van um he manages to wake Gray up or gray sorry graham up and um i noticed that like when the camera would pan out um that like the whole van was moving <laughs> like because he was like shaking it so much like try to get um graham to wake up so he managed to do that um graham sits back up still holding the switch like you know every everything is still uh assumed that this bomb it you know might go off if they don't figure a way out of this um Meanwhile, Nyla is the one that tracks this girl named Kelsey um, down to the evidence room. She's rifling through things. She's kind of the second player in all of this, um, this whole thing with Graham. And because they're, they're together, like they're dating. Um, Kelsey's husband was a loan shark in El Paso and like was abusive towards her. So she ran away that there was a robbery at the restaurant that she worked at and like things that she touched were logged into evidence and so if her prints were on them then she could be found and she couldn't call the police like back in El Paso or like anywhere else because her husband uh has cops on his payroll so that's kind of and like Graham was obviously like doing this like try to help her um in like the worst way possible honestly because like Nolan says later both of them could get prison time for this if you know they don't surrender um yeah but um Nolan tries to get out of his handcuffs with it's like some sort of like pin or like mm-hmm. nail um and meanwhile like Graham is radioing back to Gray um trying to get you know these um like demands met um and gray now that they know what is actually going on um graham's like well how do you know my name i know everything is gray's response um so of course he manages to be sassy like sass master yeah in a moment like that all of the characters are sassy in their own ways yeah i mean like tim was they all are you just need more of it yeah for sure um but they also know that the bomb is fake Kelsey told them um so obviously nothing's going to happen with that um we think it's almost over because you know like John finally convinces Graham to you know like get like drop the switch but then Graham has the gun so he points that at Nolan instead um 
John is still very confident that Graham's not going to shoot him. Like, I get that he's been in these kinds of situations before, but, like, he's just so calm. Like, I mean, good for him, but, like, I could, oh, man. I could never be that calm. Yeah. Like, especially when it's just you yeah. in there. Like, because the, the show opened up, you know, with him in the bank. Like, at least there were other people there, but I don't, I mean, even then, like, I still don't think I could be calm, especially if you were, like, one of the only few calm ones. Right. That's why Nolan is such a good cop, you know? It's yep. just so calm. Yeah. And he manages, as he always does, to talk Graham down. Um, gets him to, you know, get rid of the gun. Um, he had gotten out of the handcuffs. Um, he puts them on Graham instead and calls a code for Graham in custody. Radios to Gray. Everything's kind of uh, like solid on that storyline anyway yeah so. and yeah. no one avoided death for the what like eighth time or something like, i don't know feels like it i feel like he should have nine lives he probably does probably but um and then you know like we did want to highlight the little chenford moments and then we had like angela too and um so we'll kind of start off with Angela. She she is one of the only other ones that's outside of the district, like for all of this, because she her like she had to go and transfer evidence or like she had to go and do something with uh the detectives. And so her, Jackson, and Doug were the only ones out in the field. Um, so the team was really relying on her for help. Um because she again is a detective at this point so she has more access than like jackson and dogwood um but she goes to the prison and like questions the warden or like prison like the head of the prison or something about felton graham and so she relays that information back to gray and everyone at the district and we don't see much more of her i mean not not from what i can remember but like I don't know there was there was a lot going on so you know I mean like they obviously couldn't have focus on all all of the characters but um kind of going back to the very beginning like we had seen her sitting in the doctor's office because remember we found out that Wesley is a carrier for fragile x syndrome so you know like she had these tests done and you know early without Wesley's knowledge um you know just because she wanted to like make sure that she could deal with it before like she told him so i noticed that as she was sitting there waiting for the doctor she was playing with the bracelet that lafiera gave her oh i did not notice that yeah at first i was like wait is that that's lafiera's bracelet um but you know we find out that the test results are negative for fragile x along with any other genetic disorders so the Lopez baby is going to be okay. I mean, back in 305, we thought that. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like... We no. don't know about that now. Yeah. Oh, my God. I am just manifesting good things for that baby and Angela. Like, and, and uh, Jackson, too, because we don't know where he is, so... Oh, gosh, that's true. Wow. And Wesley, wow. like, I just hope that Lopez can get married. Please. Like, oh. Uh, yeah i'm just i'm manifesting good things so that's kind of all that we had on angela um do you want to take it away with chenford yeah because they kind of it like all makes sense obviously you guys yeah. have seen the episode it had been a while since we had watched it um, yeah so i kind of i kind of had forgotten how all these things kind of fit together um but like jennifer said earlier they're bringing in their first um criminal it was a girl who was first arrested for stealing bagels from a store. Um, and when asked why, she was like, vegan rights. Apparently that's like a subset of not a vegan, you're not a vegan, you're not a like vegetarian, you're apparently someone that Lucy's, like Lucy comes in clutch with the knowledge of these, these kinds of people and they forage in dumpsters um, for their food apparently. Uh, but the girl's like dumpsters are gross like why did why does Chenford always get the weird calls 
Like, I don't, I don't know, but they knock it out of the park every single time. Yeah. But um, it is weird. Yeah, it is. Um, and, oh my gosh, like, the girl is like, they let her go. She's going, nope false alarm she gets arrested again for breaking into the car and trying to steal it so she's going back in um when so like they eventually put her away um off screen and then but when it's time for the lockdown uh lucy's the one that's getting people from the lobby and tim is tasked with grabbing the freaking girl from the lockup and to take her downstairs as well uh later on we or well chenford thinks that the that girl was Graham's um, like second person that was helping him. Mm-hmm. They're wrong, uh, obviously, but I just liked how they were um, with like Gray and Nyla and all of them all together were trying to figure out like, yeah, you know, about the check casting place and like other high value like targets, like what their other angle could be. Well, and then Lucy like looked up at Tim and she was like, the freaking girl. Like, you know, but oh, so good i just loved that tim was the one that was tasked with getting her out of the cell you know like the holding cell i mean i wouldn't be against that like (laughs) if that had to happen to me in some weird you know i would not be against that i'm just saying um but yeah so they managed to figure it out that like well when they assumed they were like someone who would try to get arrested like two times in two hours or whatever they said um and Tim's like freaking Frida like okay Tim thank you for your sass um so they go back downstairs like confront this girl thinking that she's um Kelsey Adams she doesn't know like she doesn't respond to that name she doesn't know what the heck they're talking about um so Lucy ends up calling out like like asking Kelsey Adams um and the blonde who had come in earlier to talk to nolan about someone stealing her bike is the one that's running um she had stolen a key card from i believe it was one of the evidence officers that was there and um Mm -hmm. like managed to get out but locked them all inside when lucy tried to open it the key card reader like sparked up so they were like trapped down there and so that's why they were worried earlier like as you had mentioned earlier about not being able to be there for Jackson because of the situation yeah. that they found themselves in. So, um, yeah, but I was going to say all is well, but all is not well for Jackson, but at least they did manage to get out yeah. and um, be there for him. And- well, and he's okay. Like, you know, yeah. as seasons three went on, like we saw that he was okay, but I'm sure that like that whole situation's, like sat with him i mean it has to and you know it's probably like made him kind of rethink a few things but on the chenford side like i loved when they were letting her go like releasing the freaking girl um you know she was like can i have the bagels back and tim was like no they've been disposed of and you know then like she she says like it's against her ethos or whatever and then you know she's like well can i call a cab and tim just says no sorry it's against our ethos like just all sassy straight to the point i mean this this man like the sass is real with him but then like even when you know no one's at dusk like they turn around and lucy's like so how did it go and all that yeah and no one's like Gray pretty much confirmed that I'll never make detective. And Tim just laughs and says, you mean you still thought that you had a chance? Like, yeah. he, he just goes, like, from one end to the next, like, with the sass. He never stops. It's too good. It's too good. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, like, I don't know. I really just picked up on the little things with this episode. Like, I love how the intro card for the rookie is different from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I mean, just this was such a good episode for Titus to, like, flex his acting chops on. Yeah. Well, I believe this was... Y'all can quote me, or, like, don't quote me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the episode he was nominated for the Performer of the Week for um tv line tv yeah tv line yeah 
Um, but did we have any other notes on this episode? Nope, I don't think so. Watch it if you haven't. I don't know how you wouldn't have. And if you have, and if you've watched it before, just watch it again because it's amazing. Um, But anyway, you can find us on Twitter at the Shop Talk Pod underscore or email us at the Shop Talk Rookie Podcast at gmail.com with all of your thoughts um, and questions. And, you know, I mean, even if it's not about the rookie, like we, watch other tv i watch a lot of like procedurals and like fictional like top stuff and then first responder shows and i know carrie watches a lot of reality tv so like you'll just get a broad spectrum with us um but you can find us on twitter too i'm at jstark804 and i'm at carrie hyman and make sure you check out our t public store if you want some rookie merch uh i know t public is having a sale um but you know they're always having sales too so we'll for next week we'll actually be taking a break for the holiday but we'll definitely be around twitter um yeah just having some fun so we will see you guys the next time you'll hear from us will be a chenford appreciation week yeah well, because we, we kind of have to do it. It's also Eric and Melissa's um, birthdays. I mean, we would be remiss if we didn't do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we have to. It's only fair. So we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye, guys. Go get them, boo.